Man, that's a beautiful song, isn't it? How many of us have had those times when we just don't see him working, we just don't feel him working? Man, I've had several of them. But, man, I want to say this morning, it was just awesome just to hear these young voices in the church, these, these, these babies and, and younger kids talking. I mean, that's, that's definitely a blessing, and it's awesome to see everybody here today. So who's thankful for the rain we got last night? Everybody? Everybody? Who's thankful for the 106 degrees and the high humidity we're going to have today? Rejoice in all things, right? Yeah, yeah. Preacher with a little kick right there, huh? Start this off. But we do have a cold front coming tomorrow. It's going to be 86 degrees. So I can guarantee you this row right here will have hoodies and blankets and everything else on. I don't know what it is, but they'll be trying to start the fireplace and everything else. I don't know. They're an odd bunch of kids, and they follow their mother, so. But that's the way they are. It's, I'm telling you, it'll be 110 degrees outside, and they're in the house with a blanket on. I said, man, turn the air conditioner on. You know, why you got the air conditioner on if you're cold? Wasting electricity over here. Anyway, that's my pet peeve. That's my rant for this morning. I'm glad y'all got to hear it. <laughs> so how many of us have ever been in a situation, you and somebody else are doing the same thing, it works out for one, it doesn't work out for the other. You know, there's a story of uh, these two brothers that grew up in a house, and their dad was an alcoholic. And when they grew up, one brother turned into an alcoholic. One brother never drank in his whole life. And they asked him, you know, they asked the one that drank, they said, why did you drink? And he said, well, that's what I know. That's what I've done my whole life. That's what I've seen my whole life. So that's why I am. And they asked the other one, how come you never drank? He said, because that's what I saw my whole life. That's all I know. So I made sure I never was that way. So the choices that we make and the, the decisions that we make can take us on two separate paths. And today we're going to talk about two separate men that took two different paths in their lives. We're going to talk about Judas and Peter. So will you please stand? We're going to start reading Luke 22, verses 1 through 6. It says, Now the festival of the unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priest and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for the rain that you sent last night and the rain that you're going to continue to send. Father, we ask that you'll just be with us. Just open our hearts and our minds just to receive your word. Father, I ask that you just remove me from the situation and let your words flow through me. Father, and we give you the glory. We ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen. So be seated. So I always wonder what it meant that when he says Satan entered him. Did it mean that he was possessed? Or did Judas just simply not know, understand what was going on? Or did hearing Jesus talk about dying upset him so much that he was trying to force Jesus to use his power and to show his power? Or did, Jesus, or did Judas just no longer believe that Jesus was the chosen one? Or did Satan simply dangle, desires in Judas, does that, does, dangle the desires of Judas' heart in front of him 
and cause him to betray him. You know, we'll never know for sure what the reasons were, but we can assume that Satan thought he was ending God's plan. We can assume that Satan thought that the death of Jesus would be the end of God's mission. But what Satan didn't know is God was already at work. God was using him. And Satan was actually helping God fulfill his plan. But we do know some things about Judas. He's not talked about much of the Bible, but we know he's mentioned by name in all four Gospels as being one of the twelve. And that he was chosen by Jesus. And we know that in Matthew 10, he was sent out along with the other eleven and was given authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. We know that Jesus washed his feet, and we know that Jesus fed him. See, Jesus knew that, Jesus, that Judas was going to betray him, but he never treated him any different. But we also know that Judas was a thief and was greedy. John chapter 12 tells the story of, of Mary pouring out a bottle of uh, perfume onto Jesus' feet, washing his feet with his hair. And in verse 4, says, but one of his disciples, Judas, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. See, that sounds really good. It sounds like he was concerned about the poor. It sounds like, why are we, why are we wasting this when we could do so much more with it? But when we read verse 6, it says, He did not say this because he cared about the people, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Now, when I read that, it kind of puzzled me. I never could understand why Jesus would let a thief be in charge of the money bag. You know, we had Matthew there. He was a tax collector. We can assume he was pretty, probably pretty good with money. You had Nathaniel. Scripture says in him there was no deceit. So why give the money to a man that you know is going to steal it, a man that you know is greedy, a man you know that's going to just betray you? But see, Jesus was living out the example he taught in Matthew, verse, chapter 6, verses 19 and 21, where it says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. See, Jesus was showing that he didn't put his faith in money. He knew Judas was taking the money. And he was showing us that when you put your faith in the wrong thing, even when you're living in the presence of the Lord, our hearts can become hardened and we lose focus on what really matters. In verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Judas was giving us an example. Jesus was giving us an example through Judas what it looks like when you love money. See, Jesus knew Judas was taking the money, and he slept just fine every night. Never lost a minute of sleep over it because he knew that the help that he needed was coming from God and not from the money. Verse 33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you. See, when we seek God with our whole hearts, he'll provide everything we need. You know, we say the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. It says, give us this day our daily bread. You see, Jesus didn't teach them to pray for more than what they needed. He taught them to pray for what they needed for that day. 
You know, he didn't teach them to pray for, give us, give us this day our daily bread and an RV and jet skis and a bass boat and a nice big house and a 500-acre hunting ranch. You know, he just told them to pray for your needs. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those things. I'm not saying it's wrong if you do have those things. I'm just saying that we need to focus on what we need and let God take care of the rest. God will always bless us with these extra things as long as we focus on what we need. But Judas showed his greediness and his willingness to betray Jesus for money. So now let's look at Peter. In Luke 22, starting in verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to shift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. So what do we know about Peter? Peter's mentioned in all four Gospels, and he wrote two other books in the Bible. He was sent out, along with Judas and the others, and given authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. But see, Peter realized early, early on who Jesus really was. There's a story in Luke chapter 5 where they're out fishing. They've been fishing all night and they haven't caught nothing. Jesus comes up and tells them to cast the nets out one more time. And of course, Peter, you know, he don't, he don't want to. He's stubborn. But he agrees. You know, he says, you know, we, we've already tried this. There's no fish here. We're tired. We want to go home. But since you said so, we're going to do it. So they cast it out, and they pull up the nets. There's so much fish that they have to bring in another boat. And when Peter saw this, he falls at Jesus' knees, and he says, go, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. See, he realized right then who, who Jesus was and how powerful he was. And then in Matthew 16, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered and told him this and that. And he said, but who do, you say, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said that you're blessed because this has not been revealed to you through flesh and bone, but through the Father from heaven. And in verse 18 it says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, this is the moment that he changed his name from, from Simon to Peter. And Peter means the rock. So he says, I tell you, you are the rock, and on this rock I will build my church. See, this rock is, the, is his faith and his confession that Jesus is Lord. And when we stand firm and we make this confession that Jesus is Lord, the gates of hell cannot stop us. And let's not forget one more thing about Peter. He was the only one that had the faith to step out of the boat and to walk on water. But he wasn't a perfect man. He was prideful, and he had anger issues. And it was that pride that he had that caused him to boast that he would never leave Jesus, even to prison or to death. And it was that anger and his quick temper that caused him to pull the sword and cut the ear off the high priest's servants. So we have two men here with many similarities. Both were chosen by Jesus. Both spent time with Jesus during his ministry. Both sat at the feet of Jesus listening to him teach. And both were given authority to go out 
and heal the, heal the sick and cast out demons. Both had their feet washed from Jesus. Both were fed at the Last Supper. Both struggled with sin. One with greed, one with pride and anger. And both, on the night of Passover, failed Jesus. One by betraying him and one by denying him. And both felt guilty for their acts. The Bible tells us that Peter heard the rooster crow and he remembered the words of Jesus. And he went outside and he wept. And it tells us that when Judas found out that Jesus was condemned, he was overrun with remorse. And he tried to return the money saying that he had sinned because he betrayed innocent blood. But then he left and hanged himself. You see, the difference in these two men is one repented and one didn't. One called Jesus Lord, while the other one called him Rabbi. You see, Jesus, Judas just could not bring himself to put his faith in Jesus. He cared too much about having money, and that was, his ultimate, that was ultimately his downfall. And even though Judas appeared to be just like the other apostles on the outside, he couldn't let go of the sin that kept him from truly following Jesus. But Peter, he trusted Jesus and placed all his faith on him. And even though he struggled with sin and didn't always understand what Jesus was teaching him, he still followed him. He only understood what the Holy Spirit revealed to him, but he followed Jesus wholeheartedly. Even after he betrayed Jesus by denying him and not standing up for him in his trial, he came back. He repented and he moved forward. See, this is the example that we as Christians should live today. We answer the call of, of Jesus and we follow him and we go to him in the good times and we go to him in the bad times and when we make mistakes, we repent and we continue to follow him. See, we've all sinned in our lives. We've all made mistakes and we've all been offended by what someone else has done to us. And God has forgiven us for everything in our past and we must be willing to forgive those who have offended us. That's the only way to move forward. Last week at the walk, John Paul Welch, he was the, the lay director of the walk, and, and the verse that he used was, was Luke 9.62. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And that's a very powerful verse when you really think about it. We can't be stuck in the past we can't be hanging on to the sins that we've done in our past because Satan's going to use those to try to stump, cause us to stumble. We can't be holding on to what somebody did to us 20 years ago and holding unforgiveness and bitterness to them because that's keeping us from moving forward. See, Jesus said, if you're going to put your hand to the plow and follow me, you follow me and you don't look back. He wants complete dedication from us, not some half-hearted sense of entitlement. You know, we can't pick and choose which of Jesus' teachings we want to follow. We have to accept the cross along with the crown without looking back. So my question for you today is, who do you want to be, Peter or Judas? Do you want to live for Christ in, the, in public but hang on to your sin in private, a sin that will ultimately lead to your eternal punishment? Or do you want to be like Peter, a man that failed but repented and moved forward without looking back and was rewarded with eternal salvation. Will you please stand?
I've, I've said this before, and, and I'm going to have to say it again, and, and it's something I don't want to say, and it's been weighing on me all week. I haven't really slept, but, man, there's some bitterness in this church. There's some unforgiveness. There's some hurt feelings. I don't know what it is, but God just keeps laying it on my heart, and with just a heaviness on my heart, and it's just, it's been hard. It's, it's been really hard to just to deal with everything, and I keep telling him, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, and he's like, it's got to be mentioned. We can't move forward as long as we're stuck in the past. And as, as a church, we can't move forward and serve Jesus the way we need to serve him if we're stuck with things that happened in the past. If there's some forgive, unforgiveness, if there's some bitterness, if somebody did something to you, you've got to let that go. You ain't got to go to that person and tell them you forgive them. You just got to forgive them in your heart because you're not helping that person by forgiving them. You're helping yourself by forgiving them. You're not freeing that person from what they did. You're freeing you from what they did. So I'm asking you today, if, there, if there's something in your heart, if there's some bitterness, if there's something that you're carrying against somebody else, whether it's a member of this church or just a member of this community or just somebody in this world, I'm asking you today to truly search your heart and forgive and to let that go because there's a freedom that we're missing out on because we're holding on to something from the past. So we're going to open up the altar. And if you need prayer, if you need somebody to pray with you about the forgiveness, or if you just need somebody to pray this, to ask you to help you search your heart to see if there is something you're holding on to, then I encourage you to come up. Or if you want to join the church, I encourage you to come up. If you want to give your life to Christ for the first time, I encourage you to come up. If there's just something you want to talk about, if there's something you're struggling with, if there's anything that you need prayer with or just want to talk to somebody with, I encourage you to come up or to find somebody after church and talk to them. So we're going to pray. Kathy will have a song, and we'll open up the altar. Father God, we just come to you, Father, and we just ask that you just search our hearts and our minds, Father, and just expose to us any kind of bitterness or any kind of unforgiveness or anything that we're clinging on to and hanging on to that's keeping us from being able to just truly move forward and follow you. Father, I pray that you'll just relieve us from this. Father, give us the strength to let it go. Give us the freedom that comes with forgiving others that have hurt us, Father. Father, we ask that as we go out into the community this week that you just give us opportunities to serve you and give us opportunities just to, just to show your love to others, Father. Father, I pray that every word we say and every step we take glorifies you. Father, we love you and we praise you. Ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.